Hello and welcome back to the Essential Training Podcast with me, Brian Kingston, and my dad, Ian Kingston. Today, dad is on site with clients and I'm testing out our microphones and thought it would be a great opportunity to record some insights from the week, some musings, some thoughts that I've had and some insights that clients have shared with me that I thought would be good to get out into the world. And I suppose that's a good place to start because... As a coach, executive coach, corporate coach, communications coach, however it's described, how I see our job and I I think how we see our job, I'd let dad speak for himself though, is we're vessels for somebody to come to realizations about themselves, their work, their life, their team, their company. And we create a safe space where people can tap into the wisdom within themselves and I think that's always something that I have seen and felt through this work and being around it for the last 25, 30 years as dad's brought me in and out of different workshops he's held or groups he's had or um, I've been privileged enough to be part of some amazing conversations over the years with CEOs, founders, individual contributors, athletes, artists, anybody that's kind of looking to tap into themselves a bit more that we've come in contact with through our work and a theme that I find and that's pretty apparent to me anyway as I learn more about what we do is we're a vessel for somebody to come to realizations about their own life and we were recently at uh, well actually dad was hosting a two or three day retreat which he calls lead from the right, which is all based around leading from the right side of your brain, which is what has been called the creative side of the brain, the non-logical or linear side. And really that's just a framework with which he can hold space for people to tap into uh, their deeper selves. And we were pulling different cards in one of the workshops and dad pulled the card of Vessel which he described as relevant to the work that he does. And that's what I've seen over the years is, you know, dad will be speaking to one client and they'll be able to talk about what's going on for them. And as they're talking and maybe he's asking questions through his genuine genuine curiosity of what's going on for them, those questions will allow a person to tap into different parts of their psyche that maybe they weren't tapping into as we go through our own thoughts throughout the day um, and when something shared and there's a conversation there's kind of a mirror or a wall to bounce ideas off which then they can come back to the person and then be uh, reflected on and then transmuted or changed so I thought it would be cool to maybe share a couple of examples of clients I've been working with this week and the insights that they've brought to the conversation. And that'll do a few things. It might give you an insight about your own work or your life. Um, It'll help me to kind of solidify what I learned from those conversations. And it'll give you an idea of the type of work that we do. So I was working with, well, the two things that I am thinking about is, I was working with a young athlete this week and uh, a guy who is a social media influencer, let's say, works with brands, has a 
relatively large social media following. And I, there's some stories that I can share from both those conversations, of course, keeping them confidential. But there's some themes that I thought are relevant to our everyday work in our life that would be useful to share. So first, I was working with a young athlete this week, and they play multiple different sports, hurling, rugby, football, soccer, golf, and play a couple of them to a relatively high level and are quite naturally talented. And what they were experiencing recently is comparing themselves to when they were younger, to when they had more dominance on the field. And they were getting frustrated because they weren't feeling that dominance anymore uh, because other kids were getting older, larger, kind of catching up to them in size or in skill level. And so their natural dominance in the field of play was waning and they were trying to chase that dominance and then they were forcing things and things weren't going their way. And as he described, he was chasing the game rather than letting the game come to him, which I thought was a really good analogy. And as I'm talking about this, I think this is relevant for the workplace. I think this is relevant sometimes for our interpersonal relationships and for anybody who's into sport or I think even art or creativity or music. Because this conversation, I think, will give you a sense of what we do and also maybe give you some insights to your, of, of your own. Because it certainly gave me some insights on, on how I approach things. And I think that's the beauty of this work is that we're always learning. Uh, me and dad or anybody in this space as coaches or facilitators, you know, we're not therapists. So we're not diagnosing or we're not working with people generally who are in like serious crisis or mental health situations like we'll often refer someone to a counselor or a psychologist or a doctor if needed and a great analogy that a friend of mine shared with me who's taking a course in coaching they're a thoracic and heart surgeon in ireland is you know let's say if we look at a spectrum of minus 10 to plus 10 in terms of quality of life the healthcare industry generally works from that minus 10 to zero um, place where someone's in crisis or sick or unwell and the healthcare system is trying to get them back to zero and that's incredibly important we've all i'm guessing experienced that in some shape or form at a doctor a counselor psychologist um you know even a friend helping us getting back to baseline getting back to life or living as a friend of mine quoted to me recently and in coaching, we're often working, and I, I said at the dinner table the other night, from zero to 10. And then dad said, no, we're working generally from five to 10 because we're working with people in the corporate environment or in sports teams or uh, artists or musicians, people who are generally functioning in society somewhat and they're looking to tap into more of their potential or they're getting stuck and feel like they need some sort of something to bounce off in order to get more out of themselves. And I think that's a good place to start for anybody who's trying to work out what it is that we actually do. You know, we're helping people get from, let's say, five to six or six to seven in terms of, well, whatever they want to achieve. That could be life satisfaction, happiness, joy in their relationship, financial success, efficiency, getting time back for themselves. That's another beauty of this work is 
we're directed by what the client wants for themselves. So if we're working with the CEO and they want to bring the business from 10 million to 100 million, well, then our modus operandi going in as coaches or facilitators is to help facilitate that within the business. And generally, that's to put grease in the wheels of the business, to unclog the pipes or some analogies that we use. And that could be within interpersonal relationships within teams. And then that could also be within individuals. And dad's the expert here. He's been doing this for 30 years. And I have recently come on full time in the last six months to the business, but have been in and out of this work all my life, really. I remember when I was eight years old, we were working with a large pharmaceutical company and I must have been on summer holidays or something. And dad brought me along anyway to the two day workshop with their senior directors of this multi-million dollar business. And I just mucked in and got involved. And one of the things dad does is teach people how to juggle which helps show people a number of things that they can learn something new no matter what stage they're at of their life or their career that it's important to experience failure on the road to success because one of the big things when you're learning how to juggle in the process you have to get okay with the balls falling on the floor and that's often very difficult for people because what I've found is as we get older we're less likely to be okay with looking like an idiot um and in order to learn something new generally we have to look like an idiot for a period of time it's the same with learning a language you've got to be able to make mistakes in order to learn it's kind of the only way to kind of stumble and fumble and fall into fluency in a language or in a new skill and as an eight or nine year old dad looked over at one point and i was teaching the ceo of this pharmaceutical company how to juggle and for me, that's an important story for me to remember because, you know, I'm 32, I have 10 or 12 years in the working world. Um, and it's important for me to remember that story because I can be in front of a CEO or a founder or a director and ask a well-timed question that might get them to think about things a little bit differently. Because what that business person or that client is it's helpful for them to understand is I'm not coming in and telling them how to do their job you know they're the expert at that but we're helping them to see things differently get new perspectives maybe learn something new or look at things differently so as one of our clients one of our CEOs said to me recently he said what he's found when he's engaged with this type of work both with us and with other companies is that there's often not a correlation between years of experience and effectiveness in a coach or a facilitator or a consultant because the goal of that consultant is to help the client look at things differently and have a new perspective and that can be done with a well-timed question that can be done with a reading of body language and calling that forth to someone's consciousness so they can notice something that maybe they didn't notice before and i think of the story of the emperor's new clothes where I'm sure a lot of you are aware of it, where the emperor has paid for this incredible expensive robe and uh, from this tailor and the tailor is professing to be the best and the most expensive and you know he's so good that the robe can only be seen by the smartest, most intelligent, most successful people. There's no robe, it's invisible. 
and this guy's a trickster, the tailor. So, but nobody is willing to admit that they can't see the robe because they don't want to be the person that's seen as stupid or not the most intelligent or not the most successful. And throughout all the king's henchmen or, you know, his court, nobody's willing to say and own up that there's no, there's no robe. And the king puts it on and he's delighted with it. He can't see the robe either, but he doesn't want to admit it. And he's completely naked looking in the mirror, professing how beautiful this robe is. And everybody else is agreeing with him, but the robe isn't, doesn't exist. So he walks out in the middle of his town or whatever you call it. And the whole town have heard this as well. And they're all applauding and complimenting the robe. Nobody wants to embarrass the king. Nobody wants to admit that they're foolish enough to not be able to see this robe and a little kid laughs and points at him and goes mummy that man is naked what's going on and you know it's similar to what we do in our work is we can come from an outsider's perspective and say oh why do you do it that way or tell me the thought process behind that and something that could have been an assumption for a long period of time in a workplace like let's say a process or a software can be explained and then in the explaining of that somebody or the team might realize that maybe that's an obsolete way of doing things and maybe there's a better way of doing things so that's a small little example of the work that we do and in going back to the conversation i had with one of our clients this week this athlete they were chasing this they were chasing the game and they were forcing it and trying to overly exude their presence in a game which was actually inhibiting them achieving success and they could see it and they were getting frustrated but the more effort they put in the more frustrated and the worse they were playing and then the more in their head they were getting so throughout this one hour long coaching conversation I had with this client we went for a walk and often the first part of the conversation I'm just listening or we're just listening to what's going on for the person and it became apparent that this person is incredibly talented at what they do and as I said earlier comparing themselves to a previous version of themselves that was more dominant than they are now within their age group and through forcing this game they were off the mark they were it wasn't clicking for them and I think we can all relate to that feeling of when things are in the flow and when things are working and feel easy and feel smooth and then when things feel clunky and difficult and frustrating. And sometimes it's hard to know how do we get ourselves in one of those situations or out of another situation. And so, you know, this is something that comes up for me to do as well in sport and in life. So my goal in this conversation was to ask the client what they, what insights that they could bring for themselves to help them tap back into that flow. So we spoke at length about, and one of the questions I had was, so why do you play this game? Like, what 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 do you love about sport in general? And one of the things they said is that they love they love to win. They love the success with their friends. They love the professionalism of some of the environments that they're in and the gear which I can really relate to and the thing that was I think the golden nugget for me is that sweet spot 
so in hurling or golf when you just hit that sweet spot and it feels like very little effort but the ball goes 30 percent further and goes straight or same in rugby as a goal kicker um i was a goal kicker for years when you hit that sweet spot it's just a beautiful feeling where it feels like everything has clicked and i can relate to that feeling and he really was tapping into that was a big reason why he loves playing sport which i can understand so throughout our conversation we realized that that was a good reminder for him to call forth in his consciousness as he was playing sport that that's why he's there the result and his performance are all important to him but really if he can feel that in a game that's why he's there same if any golfers out there you know if i take 100 shots in a game of golf if if 30 of those even 20 of those and i'm hitting the sweet spot that's enough to bring me back that's enough to make me feel like it was worth going out that day um and i remember you know being a goal kicker in rugby and always trying to leave the last kick as one where you hit it sweetly because that bringing that memory to your mind um is great association for when you go back the next time and i know johnny wilkinson has talked about that at length finishing on a good one and now reading his autobiography he kind of as he says himself went a bit nuts on overdoing that and he's recently talked about how he's come to a more let's say zen mindset around success and failure and what's important to him i definitely recommend his podcast um also his interview on the diary of ceo uh, sorry on the high performance podcast with johnny wilkinson is a fantastic interview and he's i think he's done a couple and where he has come to in his mindset is incredibly inspiring. I remember reading his book when I was a young kid and aspiring rugby player and just being enamored by his success and his dedication, but also a bit freaked out by, Jesus, is this the, lev- the lengths I need to go to in order to be successful? Because he seems pretty miserable um, that he doesn't enjoy it. Like he's so nervous before a rugby game that he'll set his alarm clock at half four in the morning, even though he doesn't have to get up till nine because he wants to feel that feeling of being able to go back to sleep and and get out of those nerves. And I remember reading that and going, wow, I don't want I don't want to feel that. And recently I read um, or I'm reading Keith Earle's autobiography and there's a foreword by Ronan O'Gara to that book. And in that foreword, he mentions how, you know, they took Earlsy under their wing in Munster Rugby with him and Paul O'Connell because he was a young fella and they were successful and they wanted to instill success in the young lads coming through but he realized he realizes now that while they passed on a lot of good things they also passed on a lot of bad habits in terms of being overly critical of themselves and trying to work the hardest not the smartest and um, I'm trying to see if I can find it here but I think that was that was a big realization for me to read that coming from such a successful rugby player and such a successful coach from Ron Nogara that it doesn't have to be that way. It doesn't have to be this mental grind and always beating ourselves up. There can be enjoyment in it. And it was amazing to hear 
him say that himself. And here's the quote from, from the Ford of Keithrow's book by Ron O'Gara. And this is Ron O'Gara speaking. Whatever knowledge I had, I tried to pass it on to Keith and others. He was very open to listening and learning. He wanted to improve as a player every day. But that means I also passed on a lot of fear and self-doubt that was part of the monster culture back then. We had an unbelievable work ethic, but our psychology was wrong. We thought you had to go through mental and emotional turmoil to perform at your best. That's my attempt at a Cork accent. We thought you had to go through mental and emotional turmoil in order to perform at your best. So I guess we passed that on to Earlsy too. It never occurred to me. It never occurred to us that you were actually allowed to enjoy the game! Exclamation mark. And because we were so intense about it all, I suppose Earlsy thought he had to follow suit too. None of us knew any better. We know a lot better now. And that was, I only read that a couple of weeks ago, and that was really mind-blowing to me. So, as I was speaking to this young athlete, we together came up with some mental tools and models that he could remember in order to tap back into that flow state. So one was reminding himself that he's there to find that sweet spot. And that's with the hurley, that's with the sweet spot in the rugby ball, soccer ball, Gaelic ball, golf ball. I think that's a good metaphor for life as well. I mean, I know that feeling of when I'm in a really good conversation or when a sales call is clicking and I feel the client is really engaged. There's a flow and it takes a lot of work and practice to learn the skills necessary in order to forget it all and to be able to embody it. So by no means am I saying, you know, forget your training. It's more so lean into the memory of all the hard work you've put in and know that you can hit that sweet spot and remember that that's a, that's a reason why you're there. And what I hope that'll do for that cli- client, <clears throat> excuse me, and what I hope that it does for me and my work is remember that that's why I'm here, is to feel that sense of flow. And that could be in writing a poem, that could be in having a conversation, that could be in, you know, going for a run or a swim. Um, and I think that's, he. you could see his eyes light up when the realization that, wow, yeah, that's that's why I'm here. And the result and will we'll, we'll look after itself. The other mental model that we put in place together was to remind himself that he really enjoys this. Loves being out on the field with his mates, moving his body, feeling that intense feeling of exercise and the heart pounding. So remembering that he's there to be in the flow state. He's there to, because he enjoys it. He enjoys the act of playing sport and the camaraderie and the teamwork. And then thirdly, he's there to improve. And this, I think, is an important element. And a a client of mine recently shared that, you know, when he's playing golf, he was really hard on himself that he wasn't better at golf. And this is a really successful corporate uh, salesperson. And then he realized, oh, I never really play golf. So why am I holding myself to this unrealistic standard when I don't put the practice in to be at that standard? So now when he goes out to play golf, he's easier on himself and he enjoys it more because now he's focusing on when he can feel those couple of good shots. And when he hits a bad shot, he remembers, you know what, I haven't been out here that much. So that's a learning for next time. 
And so that's what I spoke about with this client this week is they're there to improve. And whether, you know, they're playing internationally for Ireland or they're playing under 14s Gaelic for Wicklow, that's not the be all and end all. And Conor McGregor, you know, for all his flaws, says a brilliant, you know, win or learn. And whatever game or whatever performance that someone is having, it's always a learning stepping stone for the next time. And, you know, that reminds me of a really good quote by Seamus Heaney um, that I used at the end of my master's thesis, which was all about tapping into our authentic selves, um, about stepping stones. So the quote from Seamus Heaney goes, This in turn became a journey into the wideness of language, a journey where each point of arrival, whether in one's poetry or in one's life, turned out to be a stepping stone rather than a destination. And it is the journey which has brought me now to this honoured spot. So I'll repeat that part. Whether in one's poetry or in one's life, each point of arrival turned out to be a stepping stone rather than a destination. And it is that journey which has brought me now to this honoured spot. Which I think is a beautiful quote from Seamus Heaney. And on that on that topic, as a, an avid poet myself, he says, I have always thought of poems as, a, as stepping stones in one's own sense of oneself, which I think is beautiful. And I always encourage anyone to tap into any form of creativity and self-expression because it can really help reveal more of oneself and I've definitely found that for me anyway so just to conclude on that conversation with that client how we left it and I got the sense that they left feeling buzzed and reinvigorated and renewed and I suppose that's part of this work is I have to be okay with leaving that conversation trusting that that person has tapped into their own wisdom and has the tools for themselves to go into life and apply those tools that they've tapped into for themselves. And I got the sense that these three mental models would be useful for them in kind of remembering why they do what they do and re-tapping into that level of success. And those were remembering that he's there for the flow state. He's there because he enjoys it. And he's there to improve. And ideally what that will do will bring him into the present moment and help him forget about the end result or his performance and just remember the next ball or the next play and really get into his body and enjoy it. Um, Because ultimately that's why we play. I mean, he said it himself, what's the point if I'm not enjoying this? At the end of the day, it's a game. And the second one, remembering that enjoyment and the reason why he's out there, the reason why he puts his body on the line is because it's something that he loves to do and the endorphins that come from that and sense of achievement and satisfaction. And then the third one, I think, really just takes the pressure off the success or failure of that particular performance, remembering that he's there to improve and each experience is a stepping stone rather than a point of arrival. So whether it's the under 16s final or uh, rugby international, no matter what, it's going to be a learning point for the next stage in the journey. 
now that doesn't take away from the importance of that moment the importance of that performance it just helps put things in perspective because i know for myself playing sport at a high level that sometimes things can feel like the be all and end all and things are black or white and success or failure means happiness or unhappiness and that flawed sense of thinking can lead to people putting too much pressure on themselves and certainly did that for me in my time in sport which i thankfully now have cultivated a mindset of releasing that and and have brought a lot more enjoyment into anything i do really whether it's work or creativity this podcast speaking with the client playing sport performing um so those three things remembering that he's there for the flow that he's there because he enjoys it and he's there to improve uh, and i thought they'd be really interesting things to share while you know not mentioning any names the other insight that I had this week that I thought would be interesting to share was this social media influencer that we work with. He sent me on an email that he was about to forward to a lot of potential brands that he wanted to work with because a couple of brands have started reaching out to him and he's deciding which brands he wants to work with. And it was a big, long email. And before reading it for him, I was sitting in front of him and I said, so what's the goal here? And he said, well, I, I want to work with brands that I'm aligned with. And I said, okay, cool. And, and have you had, had interaction with these brands before? He's like, yeah, they've commented on loads of my videos. I've commented on their videos. I've even s- chatted through social media with some of the individuals that manage those social media accounts. And I was like, okay, that's really interesting. And, and, and as he said, like the goal was to work with these brands. So... You know, I just put it to him that, yeah, I'll read this email and, and, you know, review it for him and give him some advice on how best to communicate it. But rather than going through the traditional channels of, you know, a, a social media application for an influencer on one of these big brands website, you know, we're talking about Red Bull or Lululemon, these big international brands. Business is done through relationships. So if you already have relationships with some of these people inside of these organizations what about cultivating those relationships and going directly to the source in order to achieve the partnership that you want to achieve so i think there's a couple of things there that are interesting one is that you know his initial question was can you review this email and I very easily could have said, yeah, I'll review that. Here you go. This is what I think you should do. But I think part of our work is going, so what do you really want to achieve here? Before we kind of focus on this, what do you really want to achieve? And his dad often says, the issue is never the issue. So really the reason he wanted me to review that email was because he wanted to put his best, best foot forward in working with these brands. And when I was able to dig a bit deeper he came to the realization himself that wow he could just ask these people directly that he already has a relationship with um if they have openings to work with influencers and then he could send this long email once uh, you know with his cv and things once he's already speaking to the right person small little nuance that made a big difference for him 
And the second little shift in approaching it was rather than saying, okay, I've reached this many followers now. I feel like I'm worthwhile, you know, working with you now as this reputable brand and I feel like we're really aligned. It's very, he could very easily change that positioning and positioning is a key word here in saying it's coming into the ski season and I'm about to be making a lot more content. I have this many followers. I'm currently choosing which brands to work with and wondering if you'd be open to a conversation of you being one of those brands. It's saying the same thing with a very different tone and it's truthful, um, but it positions himself in a far different light than going and asking for their business rather than suggesting a partnership from a position of strength. And I thought that was another interesting insight from our one of my conversations this week was how a subtle nuance and change in our in how we position something can have an incredible results. And now he's working with a brand that he's loved for a long time that's really aligned with the content that he creates and with his kind of philosophy around the work that he does. So I learned a lot from that too in in how we position our work to, to clients as well. And as I said earlier, that's the beauty of this work is every day is a school day. So we're always learning as well and we get paid to do it, which which I feel very lucky about. So yeah, I think that feels like a natural conclusion to this installment of the podcast. And yeah, it's a bit, I suppose, nerve wracking and exciting putting myself out there as myself you know not necessarily leaning on dad as his expertise i hope it comes through in these podcasts that you know we're approaching this from a mindset of that we're learning as well and i hope it's elucidated for any listeners the work that we do for people and i mean an ideal scenario would be that it's given you a way to think differently about how you're approaching some relationship or uh, business interaction or life interaction in your own life because these conversations certainly helped me reflect on how I am approaching these situations. So that's another installment of the Essential Training podcast. Feel free to check out our website, essentialtraining.ie. You'll see a big, two big happy heads up there, me and dad pictured on the website. I, I recently got added which was which was really um, or my picture recently got added which was a nice milestone um a nice and it's important to celebrate these little kind of wins or milestones and uh, because it's it's always been my dream to be doing this work and I feel like I always have been doing it in s- some shape or form um but I suppose now it feels like the right time to be uh, to be putting myself out there and putting ourselves out there a little bit more and I feel privileged to be able to be sitting here talking into a microphone recording a podcast because I remember sitting in this very office 10 years ago writing my master's thesis procrastinating listening to my favorite podcasts having these grand ideas that I'd be one day speaking into a microphone or interviewing successful or interesting people so I just feel very lucky to be in a position to do that and even if a few people listen to this I feel grateful that that is the case So thanks a million for listening and we will see you next time 
we have a cool a couple of cool interviews lined up with a few business owners who have gone ipo or have have sold um, through MA acquisitions have sold their companies um a couple of small business owners who are in the wellness industry uh what else we had so our first person reach out to us about being on the podcast which was a, an amazing milestone and they are uh, that's sam mccardle he's has a one-man show uh coming up well that uh, was in london and is now in dublin and uh, he'll be talking about that which is really exciting and i'm looking forward to having him on the podcast in the next month or two and uh, dad is already recruiting people for the podcast as well so it's all very exciting and i hope that people are getting value from it i'm certainly enjoying doing it and thanks to anybody who's reached out and you know encouraged or congratulated us um we're always open to suggestions and feedback and also to suggestions of people to have on the podcast so that it feels like a long outro but thanks for listening wherever you are in your car or at home or out for a walk or just doing the dishes that's usually where i'm listening to my podcast so thanks a million and uh, we will see you soon or you'll hear from us soon well there you have it thank you for listening to this week's episode of the essential training podcast with me brian kingston and my dad ian kingston as dad says hope it brought something up for you and gave you a chance to reflect on your own work and your own life we'll see you again next thursday and as always we're open to any feedback or suggestions you might have what you liked about it what you think could be better maybe some suggestions for guests suggestions for topics as well so thanks a million for listening and we will see you or you'll hear us next week